This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison. And I'm Austin Hoffman. This week we're going to look at the future that never was. 25 predictions that never came true. From stupid to arrogant, we're going to take a look at what some of the experts of yesteryear thought today would look like. And you wouldn't believe what they said. All this and more on Robot Congress. So this week, we thought it would be fun to take a look at the list from Cracked.com on the 25 most wrong predictions of the future. That's right. We've resorted to Cracked. Credit where credit is due. They have the list together, and we are but simple, busy people who decided to read someone else's list and make fun of it or enjoy it together. Yeah, we'll we'll critically analyze it. So first and foremost, the prediction was Nicholas Negroponte, director of the MIT Media Lab, predicts that we'll soon buy books and newspapers straight over the internet. Uh Uh-huh, sure. So how come my local mall does more business in an afternoon than the entire internet handles in a month? That's from Clifford Stoll in 1995, not that long ago, from Newsweek. All right. Well, to be fair, in 1995, the internet wasn't really much of a shopping experience. I think the only thing I ever heard about the internet in 1995 in popular culture was on an episode of Seinfeld, where they sure, talked but about we, looking at email. But we sit here and we try to predict the future, and, and this is someone from Newsweek trying to do something similar in 1995 and doing it really terribly. I get my groceries delivered from the internet. I get all my clothes delivered from the internet. There is nothing I don't get from Amazon or some other website, I I do not go to a store. It's true. Pretty much everything that I order besides groceries, I order from Amazon. And then even some specialty stuff I get from Amazon because you can get so many things on the internet. I can't remember the last time I was in a mall not to eat at a Friday's or go to a movie. I really haven't been to a mall except for the one that had a Dave and Buster's in it. I, I, I mean, some malls are expanding and they're putting more, mostly restaurants in them. But uh, it, it seems like the stores are kind of dying because you have to maintain a constant retail storefront. Yeah, the food court is gone because people are no longer just casually eating at the mall while they're there, and it's being replaced as like a smorgasbord of different restaurants. That's what a mall is now. It's mostly, yeah, it's a big food court, but with actual sit-down restaurants. And some high-end clothing stores, because some people like to try clothes on. I'm a big fan of, eh, it'll fit. I'll order it, and if it doesn't fit, I'll send it back. Yeah. And then maybe I won't even send it back, because sometimes I'm that lazy. Right. Moving on. In 1951, Popular Mechanics released an article for the Hiller Hornet. It's a small personal vehicle, eventually eventually the price will be cut in half. Is this a commercial? Is this an on-screen ad? In 1951, Popular Mechanics released an article about the Hiller Hornet. It was a small personal helicopter. And in 1951, they said that everyone would have one in their garage already if not for Korea holding up production. Oh my god. What the hell happened with Korea? Those damn Koreans. We could seriously have personal helicopters right now. And, oh, well, actually, thinking about it, if flying a helicopter is anything like flying a helicopter in a video game, I would immediately flip it over and and explode. It's probably so, not. It's probably pretty simple. But yeah, if you saw the picture here of, of the guy pushing his little mini helicopter into his garage, you would know how silly this is. Perhaps it wasn't Korea. Perhaps it was legal ramifications for having everyone have helicopters and flying through air. Well, when we talked about the future of transportation episode, we discussed about flying around and, and hurting each other. And I'm all for flying cars when they're automated. When it's manual and Joe idiot next door can fly his helicopter into me, I'm much less okay with He's it. He's not going to hit a tree. He's going to hit your house. Yeah, it's just 
not something I'm interested in. I'm very glad the Hiller Hornet did not take off. The second floor of your house. But if you want to Google Hiller Hornet, there is absolutely some, uh, there's some fun stuff there. In 1960, NASA promised there would be a permanent moon base by 2007. All right. Well, according to the GoldenEye movies uh, and the various James Bond ones, there is a moon base up there. It was just taken over by evil geniuses. Which is terrible because I, I'm sick of evil geniuses taking over all our moon bases. It's ridiculous. Why can't we have some good geniuses? You know what? It's probably because they're too ethical to take over moon bases and they always get double crossed by the evil geniuses. A moon base would be pretty great though, uh, especially if we could travel there easily and quickly. Oh, it's a space elevator. Did you ever, you ever read about the space elevator? Oh, you ever read about the space <laughs> elevator? No, the space elevator would not take you to the moon. The space it elevator could. would take you. No, it would not take you to the moon because you couldn't have a space elevator unless it was because of the because the moon is rotating around the earth and it would break unless it was made of rubber. Space rubber elevator. An eleva- do you think it's actually an elevator? Are you- uh, it is actually an elevator. It takes you up to a platform, not really a platform, it's a ring. But yes, it's a space elevator. It's an elevator. And I think I just solved this I don't think I just solved the space elevator problem. We make it out of rubber. That way No, that didn't solve anything. That's that's almost dumber than your original thought of what a space elevator is. The way it will work with the moon is it's basically a a, a trajectory that you take that is shot off at, there's an elevator portion on Earth and a portion there and you are shot and land there. There's an absolute in-between piece. I, uh, that's kind of terrifying and I don't think I'd want to ride on the space elevator. Alright, well that's fine, but uh, that's how we would be doing something like that. The, that's the only way to have easy back and forth but with the moon. But think about all the luxury goods that you could get from the moon if they were grown on the moon. You could get moon corn and you could get, well, I don't know, all right, moon but arugula. Laughing and joke, joking aside, think about how our great-grandfathers thought about visiting China. It was, it was, and you couldn't do it. The, the transportation was insane. It would it would be half a year journey to get there, and we're talking about the moon that way, but some somebody's going to figure something out where our grandkids will be going to the moon back and forth pretty easily. His name will be Zephyrin Cochran, and he will invent the warp drive. That is, uh, that's, is that from Star Trek? That's a Star Trek joke. Okay. You're not invited here next week. <laughs> Good luck talking to yourself. Probably talk to Xander. Adorable dog. Isaac Asimov predicted that in 2014, the World's Fair would have exhibits. Basically, I won't get into the whole thing, but he, he thought the original Bioshock was going to be real. He the- also predicted a 2014 World's Fair. <laughs> I, do they still have the World's Fair? Uh, not that I know of, but then again, we are in America, and it's not necessarily in America. Yeah, it is for the world. We still have the, the men in black spaceships and queens I drive past all the time, but that's, I mean, you, you drive past that to come here. Yeah, and I see that every day. Well, not... You don't come here every day. <laughs> I see that whenever I drive here, and I think about Men in Black mostly, and not about the World's Fair. Yeah, I think everyone does. I can't imagine... I, I've never seen the World's Fair referenced or talked about in not a historical way, so I guess it doesn't exist anymore. I think they stopped doing it decades ago. Yeah, well, this is talking about in 2014 at the World's Fair, they'd be looking at bathyspheres and, and those kind of things where you just are instantly and safely shot down, kind of like a space elevator, but an ocean elevator. Oh, no, kind of like the goo thing from Galaxy Quest. No, it is not like that. They cover you in goo and they shoot you from the moon to the world? Yeah, it's not like that. Oh, okay. Because that sounds a lot more like it. No, you're still in something. So, all right. You thought I meant you get shot as a human in between the two parts? Right. I don't... I honestly am shocked sometimes by how your brain works. It's incredible. It goes from point A to point B. Yep. Maybe... I mean, who knows? Maybe you're you're the kind of mind that needs to figure this stuff out because it's it's like a child. You know? It's a, is that Yoda? Whenever a difficult question presents itself, ask a child. I don't think that... So your answer is just put yourself in goo? The right kind of goo. We oh. have to discover the right kind of space 
scoo. Right, right. Easy stuff. Uh, anyway, Bioshock is not real, so let's let's keep going down the list. What did you mean by What did you even mean by Bioshock? You just said basically you said that Bioshock would be real. Yeah, and explained you take the bathyspheres down to the underwater palaces. Oh, so he was predicting underwater palaces. Yeah, he was predicting like an under like Bioshock. Have you played Bioshock? Uh, I played the first fifteen minutes of Bioshock because then it got too creepy and I stopped playing. I got scared by the lady with the gun in the stroller. It was creepy. Fred Freeman, an artist from yesteryear, envisioned that by 1999, we would have such technological marvels as rocket belts, domes over cities to control the climate, hovering vehicles, flying boats, moving sidewalks everywhere, and flying saucer-shaped transports. So he basically predicted the cover of every sci-fi novel written before 1975. I am all for Fred Freeman's ideas. It's just, unfortunately, we don't have those awesome domes. And uh, while, you know, we've discussed rocket belts... uh, uh, yeah, bit. it's it's everybody has basically their own jetpack, which is stupid and useless and, and not, never going to exist. It's like everyone having their own helicopter. Exactly. And those domes would be nonsensical. I mean, maybe a necessity if the, the uh, nonsensical. global warming keeps happening. No, but what we could have those domes on other worlds like they do in Cowboy Bebop. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how terraforming is going to work, but I assume a dome is the smartest way right now. Provided it doesn't crack. I really don't know. I'm sure somebody knows a lot more about terraforming than I do. Maybe there's like a thing you can shoot into the atmosphere to create a thicker atmosphere atmosphere and make it more ha- habitable for us uh creating the ozone layer would probably be the first step so that air does not or you make a dome escape. or you make a dome yes so dome seems easier than creating an ozone layer uh maybe creating a giant glass dome is more more costly than injecting atmosphere onto a planet austin i want you to tell me how you think injecting atmosphere works and i'm not saying you're stupid i want you to actually tell me what you how you think it works you take a giant needle that you've drained the atmosphere from another planet that let's say it's just a toxic world but it has atmosphere uh so you clean up the atmosphere that you've drained with the needle and then you inject it into the new world okay just checking just checking all right arthur c clark in 1966 said that given a compact power source the house of the future would have no roots tying it to the ground gone would be water pipes drains power lines the autonomous home could therefore move or be moved to anywhere on earth at the owner's whim the time may come therefore when whole communities may migrate south in the winter or move to new lands whenever they feel the need for a change of scenery that he was describing the year 2001 he thought we would literally be able to move our houses, whether I, I if the picture is to be believed, which I believe is the scene from Up, you just tie a bunch of balloons to it and you take it elsewhere. I think something a lot more likely to happen than this would be um, the lug, the, those that could afford it will live on their sky uh, islands that will migrate south for the winter. What's interesting is I just saw a new startup that was kind of cool. Uh, not, not really this. It doesn't change your home. But instead of signing a lease with an apartment, you sign a lease with a worldwide apartment network and you you basically can go stay it is like a hostel except you know you get your own room which is unlike a hostel so you get your own room you get a, a shower and basic amenities anywhere well not anywhere in the world yet that's their plan but i believe there's nine cities signed up for it so far and you basically hop around the world living wherever you want through this startup it was a really cool idea it's a very cool idea but this this requires you to either have an income through i guess the internet or just have the money that you can just move around no not necessarily because a lot of jobs require you to move around or allow you to work from a laptop so if you can if you want to go live in paris for two weeks and then you want to go live in miami for a month and new york city and wherever and you're working from a job that a allows you to do that or b encourages you to do that it's very possible and it helps with the i have an apartment in new york that i'm never at because i'm on a plane all the time that i I mean really that does sound like a fantastic way to be able to travel i'm very jealous this came out now as opposed to when i was traveling nonstop as a as a broke student i would have absolutely signed one of those leases well that sounds like a great realistic idea 
idea. It's un- unlike the houses that are going to be able to pick themselves up yeah. and travel south with giant legs. I don't think families are going to be migrating south in their house. In 1949, experts, pre- <laughs> and experts is in quotes, predicted women will wear... Oh, this is already going to be good. <laughs> women will be more than six feet tall, wear a size 11 shoe, have shoulders that like a wrestler, and muscles like a truck driver. Because I guess truck drivers used to be the toughest kind of guy. What was the... Wait, what? Did they give a reason or why they would why this would happen? Yeah, because they were size three shoes in 1900, and they were size seven in 1950. So they assumed that trajectory would, would just keep going. Be constant, and that eventually, so by the year 2000, women would just be 15 Am- Amazon feet tall. warriors. I would love to see the study behind that where they found the average shoe size in 50 years, you know, doubled. Oh, well, if it went up, you know, it's 10 sizes over 50, over 50 years, that means it'll go up 20 sizes in another 50 years. That's a great idea. That's some math. They'll be giants. We'll need to start making giant shoes right now. Imagine the kitchen work they can do then. <laughs> they assume genetic modification or they literally just thought that these women would just keep keep growing? No, I mean, it's it's a common theme that humans seem to indeed be getting bigger as, as society goes. We The average male height was five foot seven less than a hundred years ago. And we now the average height is You could say that's due to much... diet. The fact that, you know, we sure. can get nutrients now. So we, and imagine all the information we have now that they didn't have in 1950 about why people were doubling in size. That's very fair, but they did predict that women would be giants. Yes, they did indeed. I wonder what they thought men would be. Apparently, we just stay the same. Yeah, there's no comment. In 1963, Popular Science, who makes most of these claims, which is, you know, not knocking Popular Science. They're an awesome publication. I think it's cool they try to take all these guesses about where things yeah, are where going. Yeah, what you can dream. Yeah, so speaking uh, speaking of the future man, uh, Science envisioned the cyborg in 1963. This disturbing looking thing would potentially be the space explorer of the near future. They believe that we were close to this, but their ultimate goal was akin to the $6 million man, who they plan to call Optiman. And we had to get it done because if we didn't, guess who would? The Soviets. The Soviets would do it. Basically, I'll run through the list very, very quickly uh, because it, these are all necessary things that I can't believe we don't have built into our bodies yet. I'm not going to have those damn vodka drinkers get so into space So what, what's the me? most obvious thing to have on your head? On my head? A laser beam? Nope. Adam Chaser. <laughs> what? Adam Chaser, which is, of course, right next to your Optico video antenna. Well, okay. that Okay. The Optico video antenna lets you broadcast what you're seeing, right? Yeah. But then there's a synchro electronic shaver. So you would basically wear these robot helmets and it would start at your right ear and then just go run a blade all the way across your, your face to the left side. So in the future, we don't shave, have noses. And shave you in one stroke. I mean, that's even shaving against the grain. There's nothing about that that sounds very appetizing. But don't get worried, though, because the helmet's not all bells and whistles. It also has a gamma ray repeller. We do need gamma ray repellers because if they're going to be going into space, that is where the gamma rays are. Exactly. It's it's the, That's the kind of stuff that I'm glad these people are working on. Wait, was it just the helmet? Oh, they have a jetpack. Yes, they have jetpacks. Oh, my God. With the self-regenerating atomic battery. Oh, well, it has to be self-regenerating. It has to be atomic. It has to be atomic. God forbid one of these people get hit, gets hit by a little asshole. And then I, this is my favorite. Push-button panel for psychobiological needs. Psy- what, what are psychobiological needs? Are, are they of a more base nature? I would assume it was like, press this button to get fed. Press this button for Tylenol. There's also, of course, a watch that is your force field regulator. This is already my favorite thing. Well, how are you going to just walk around without a force field? Well, and if you have a force field, what's going to regulate it but your watch? I, I, I agree. Which is the watch do anything else? Uh, Does it tell time? No. Well, yeah, no, there is an hour and minute hand. It doesn't say that explicitly, so I'm going to assume that it's too busy regulating your force field. Oh my god. What, boots? Wait, does it have, probably has magnet boots, right? Let's see here. It does indeed have magnetically regulated gravity boots. I knew it! But here's what you didn't know. It also shoots out a 
tricycle, which is retractable and works as landing gear if you're falling off something high. What does a tricycle have to do with it? <laughs> Three wheels shoot out in case you're falling from somewhere. It works as a landing gear with a plane. Just tap that jetpack and boom, smooth landing. What do they include crazy like power legs that'll prevent and, your legs from breaking? And then the caption is dehumanized and drugged. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, this does make sense because you're not going to have him in all that stuff. Well, why do they shave him? I guess it's so the helmet doesn't get full of hair. Drugged and plugged with electronic replacements for natural parts, a spaceman might survive, but would you still think of him as human? That's a really interesting question, though, from Popular Mechanics five decades ago, saying, at what point do you consider somebody not human anymore? This is all stuff that's barely even on them. This is part of his suit. And they're saying he's wearing a suit with so many robot parts that he's not even human. They're saying that he's not even human because he's being drugged. Okay, but we drug up plenty of our society. Most, most kids running around in 1950 were not hopped up on Adderall and Ritalin, and now most kids are. I guess it's that whole more machine than man question. So now you're changing your answer. It has nothing to do with the drugs. Now it's the machines? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I think by popular mechanic standards and maybe by 1950s people standards, the kids running around today would not be human. Because of the iPods? And they're the... on their cell phone nonstop. They, they use that for everything and they're drugged up out of their minds. And I don't mean with illegal drugs. I mean with prescription drugs. If you were going to nuclear power something in your house, what do you think popular mechanics guessed it would be? The toaster. Nope. Keep going. The refrigerator. One more. The dishwasher. Nope. The vacuum. Why not have a nuclear-powered vacuum? Is it because that way it will not just suck up all the dust in the carpet, it will suck up the carpet itself? Um, I think it's more just they thought nuclear power was going to be so easy to use and implement in small-scale machines Look like Fallout. Exactly. It's, it looks like a, fall, a, a vacuum cleaner from Fallout. Does it say it's self-regulated, like it's a robot vacuum cleaner, like a Roomba that's going around and you know cleaning up everything, up everything up by itself? Or is artificial intelligence for our vacuums that are powered by atoms too advanced? Yeah, I, I, it doesn't mention artificial intelligence. I don't think that was ever really something people thought of for appliances until maybe the Flintstones when they were dinosaurs that wash your dishes. Well, they only have that because they they know about the Jetsons that are living above them. And yeah. that's why they have all these, you know, basic uh, like TVs and stuff. I just don't want my appliances to give me sass. I, I always thought about that in the Flintstones. Like, we just wh- don't give them personality. Well, why are you using a dishwasher that's that's talking back? Because you don't have to wash the dishes. You just have to but, deal with verbal abuse. But in Fallout 4, Cosworth is my favorite companion. You so so what you're saying is you're a hypocrite, or is or are you not a hypocrite because you've taken Codsworth out of the? Uh, he's not washing dishes anymore. He's helping you kill uh, raiders. Yeah, no, I take it back. I, I'm pro. I'm pro Codsworth and pro Machine Butlers. I'm happy that we were able to change your opinion so quickly. Yeah, I want a Machine Butler best friend because my current friends are awful. Austin, moving on. All right, so this person predicted that there was going to be three letters removed from our alphabet by the year 2000. Q? Q is one of them. Oh, yes. Um, C. No, K. C was one of them. Really? Why did you choose C? Because that one really shocked me. Why? Uh, it was the third letter. What? It was. It's because it was the third letter. So I figured, you know, Q, obvious, Q. Uh, but C is really, is because it's not like the first two, but it's the third letter. So it's probably expendable. You're actually the stupidest person I've ever met. Uh, I'm the stupidest person ever that got your, that got but you said C and then right K. So, far. so why did K? Why was K? Um, your guess? Okay. So basically, what I was saying was C. But the thing is, I, I really should have swapped it. I I thought C initially because it was a third letter. But then I also, but then I thought, no, they'd get rid of you K. C because it's the third letter, not because C and K are so similar. That's why I. That's why I switched it to K. But then I because you know C is a lot more versatile because K is just K. And C, the other sound C makes is also S. So you don't need C. Is their reasoning? But you still need C for the hard C. Oh, because they got K. They still have K. Wow. 
Wow, look at that. Well, it's probably because of the third letter. Oh, my God. Anyway, the uh, third you. is X. Jesus. I got two of three right. Are you kidding me? You didn't get the... It was one of those show your work answers, and I would still mark you wrong. <laughs> if I was your teacher, X, you'd be wrong. I guess because X... What about xylophone? They would use Z. Um, X. Hacks. In, uh, in 1899, moving on, because I just need to, you to stop. In 1899, they predicted that we would have... Our classrooms would be taught by electrocution. So in the picture, it's a bunch of students wearing wires on their heads, and basically they get shocked to pay attention before something important, shocked if they get something wrong, or shocked nicely if they get something right. All right, so it's not the Matrix where they're like shocking information into your brain. It is a punishment scenario where you keep students in line with electric torture. Not even necessarily a punishment as it's also a pay attention, this is important, shock, 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 and everyone just pays attention. They also thought that we would have flying firemen. This is literally a picture of firemen with wings on their back. They look like the Monarchs bad guys from Venture Brothers and they are like in the episode where they figured out they had wings. Yeah. Th- oh my these God, wings these, actually fly? These things work. So firemen are shooting fires and saving women from from falling, burning buildings. It's it looks good. It's a shame that only firemen get the wings. Right, flying wings. Oh, you know what? They don't really need those if they have robot legs. I'm going to be bringing up robot legs every episode now, just like Ghost in the Shell. And keeping with Venture Brothers, this picture is actually very spot on. It looks like they have a helper. It's a little robot walking around, but it's not a robot. It's a machine that has a crank on it with a broom on one hand and a pan on the other and a mop behind it. And it's a maid basically just walking around the house with this giant machine behind her that is sweeping piling up all the dirt and mopping all at once and she's just like pulling what looks like a giant slave cart around the apartment <laughs> so it is a it is a robot slave that will do all of the cleaning but it still requires someone to operate it because they have to pull it's it it's basically a really early version of the Roomba so what uh, <laughs> or it's a more advanced version of the Roomba because it does so many different that's things that's true the Roomba doesn't mop and or plunge toilets here's one that's kind of speaking to our future of war episode that uh, at least what I was saying where I think maybe we will have some simulations or some things that are not that no one believes to be possible yet so i'm not going to call this prediction ridiculous the prediction itself is the coming of the wireless er er the coming of the wireless era will make war impossible because it will make war ridiculous and the example they give is it's not necessarily an example it's more the idea behind that that as we waste so much resources and so many lives in war that we can kind of plot out without doing it as the world shrinks and as borders collapse i just think this all becomes much less of a normal thing well i guess if we have an ai overmind supercomputer that will predict whether china beats russia in a war and then everyone just says all right well the computer is infallible so uh, uh, you know they'll just give up don't get me wrong it seems like a good idea but did they did they give a year prediction for that one the internet no they didn't i i assuming around the year 2000 from when this is written uh wow. Nope, still lots of war. Yeah, no, we're still going strong on that front. But you never know, maybe in another 500 years. They say war never changes. War... War never, never changes. changes. Dr. Lardner in 1859, he was a professor of natural philosophy. I love natural philosophy. Well, then you'll love this, Austin. He said rail travel at high speeds will... Be in the air? Never be possible because passengers will suffocate to death if the train goes too quickly. That's very smart. Because It's not oxi- very smart. <laughs> it's obviously not very smart. <laughs> I want to give the guy some credit. Clearly, what he thought that oxygen wouldn't be able to be processed if people were going that fast. Right. He didn't think about... So he just didn't think about closed compartments. That's not his fault. No, it's not his fault, but it, that is a stupid prediction. Uh, we can't travel quickly. We'll suffocate to death. <laughs> now get in there and make me a cigarette sandwich. 
John Langdon Davies, in the early 1900s, said democracy will be dead by 1950. What did he say was going to replace it? Totalitarianism? This communism? This is a short list from Crack.com. It doesn't have all of the full information. But I would assume very much that he was under the impression that we would do something crazy, like vote for some kind of dictator billionaire with no actual platforms or ideas, and information would be sucked from the electoral process, and we would just vote for buzzwords and sound bites. And You're right. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> thank God nothing like that's happening yeah that, oh uh oh <laughs> imagine that voting for someone without a platform Ugh. i vote for this guy because he looks like i can have a beer with him yeah no way not today not ever in 1939 vogue also had their own take on what men would look like in the future vogue existed in 1939 and my favorite quote is they're beautiful they're bearded they're the men of the future are they lumberjacks man of the next century will re- revolt against shaving and wear a beautiful beard his hat will be an antenna stretching radio out of the ether his socks disposable his suit minus tie color and buttons his belt will hold all his pockets ever did and it's basically a picture of batman his suit will not have a tie buttons or what was the other thing a collar so like everyone's wearing those tracksuit jumpsuit it's things the, it's the again venture brothers it's the jump scientist jumpsuit or whatever he calls it super, super no, suit super no it's not super suit uh, but but yeah I, I've I think it is super suit but yeah he has a utility belt where he keeps everything so nothing no pockets why why have pockets bearded put it on your belt. and you have to be you have to have the beard the beard is like going to be the new fedora everyone's dwarves to be, let's be fair, though. Most guys have beards nowadays. I, I do now have a beard, actually. I used to be clean shaven. And I keep everything in my belt. No, I don't do that one. But it's... it's uh, In fact, if I see someone with a cell phone clip for their belt, I instantly hate them. Well, they, listen, that's very applicable for those in blue collar work. But anyway, uh, I would love a, a utility belt. Think about if you just had, like, cologne, you had floss, you had a little thing for toothpaste. I didn't mean a cell a phone belt ring. clip. I meant a Bluetooth. Wow. Bluetooths that, are very helpful for those that... They are uh, not. Do you wear a Bluetooth at work? Uh, I have... Uh, it's for music yes you're a monster it's for music you're a monster i can listen to my own music in my ear it's a wire it's a wireless headset basically uh anyway beards are very important and they denote manliness and beauty is that all you have to say about it? You just wanted to call yourself beautiful and manly? Wouldn't you? I already am. I have a beard. <laughs> Robert Metcalf, co-inventor of the Ethernet, MIT graduate from 1995, said almost all of the many predictions now being made about 1996, a full year later, hinge on the internet's continuing exponential growth. But I predict the internet will soon go supernova, and in 1996 will catastrophically collapse. I get it. He thought the internet was going to expand too quickly for its base, and it would collapse in on itself like a dying star. Right. And basically, the whole internet would be 4chan. No, I don't think <laughs> no, that's what he, he thought, meant. No, he thought that the, that the internet wouldn't box work would explode. No, the internet box would explode from too much use. Honestly, yes. That is what he was saying. I so mean, the way this used to work is that that was possible. We, we figured out kind of different peer-to-peer methods of sharing information, so it's no longer all reliant on some centralized server somewhere. And if it was, his, his prediction is not ridiculous by any means no of course it didn't happen because you know we still have an internet today right in fact we have a better internet wow he really did not like the internet did he no we have the best internet the April 3rd, 1988 issue of the Los Angeles Times Magazine with futurist and concept artist Side Mead visualizes the Los Angeles of 2013. They envision a city encircled with rail transportation tubes where a few 20th century buildings remain and are dominated by two 200-story megatowers. So we basically thought LA was going to just turn into two giant towers that had a very convenient public transportation system. Don't I, roll your eyes. I don't know if you've been to LA, but they probably have the worst public transportation system on earth if literally. they had consolidated all their buildings into two mega buildings then they would have much better transportation systems if only they listened we didn't listen we didn't listen 
It's it's uh it's an interesting picture though that it certainly is. They do have uh they're not actually populated but they're abandoned mega cities in uh, I think it's China that basically it's just squatters living there but there are these mega cities like you'd see in a in a dystopian future movie uh, and they're all insanely close together and they they are like almost like two giant towers put together but they don't work. It was predicted that within ten years of 1914, porterhouse steak will cost about twenty five dollars a pound in today's money. Then, peering still more deeply into the dismal future, he sees the Americans of the 21st century living as the low-caste Chinaman does now. And dude, Chinaman is not the Chinaman. preferred nomenclature. Of rice and vegetables. And like him, slothful creatures, anemic and without initiative. The only way to ward off this terrifying fate, Mr. Bischoff of the American Meatpackers Association says, is to educate the American farmer to the necessity of raising more cattle. Oh my god. So we basically thought we were going to be feudal Japan, where steak was incredibly expensive. I mean, when you think about it, it's crazy how many burgers go out of McDonald's and how many burgers I can go get. How many restaurants have a burger? Yeah, and but that's how not many actual cow- meat. It's like... Oh, stop. It is. I mean, it, it's... No, cra- it's made from people. No, in all seriousness, your, your, your hilarious jokes aside, Thank you. it's so crazy to think about how many cattle we're just slaughtering every day. And it's America. We have a huge swath of grassland that cattle can graze on. It's not like we're really that much, that limited. Right. But it's still mind-boggling. I understand his concern. I think about that all the time. How are we not out of cows yet? Because we just make more cows. They, they're literally bred for being bred. Cows are not bred. Sliced bread? <laughs> this one's my favorite, I think, so far. Uh, it was predicted that we would find some use for every wild animal. So man's steadily increasing need for more space will eventually force untamed beasts to pay their way into the scheme of things or join the species already extinct. Meaning, conform or die, monkey. They basically show pictures of the Flintstones. There's a monkey helping lift the block. There's a bear giving a kid some kind of noogie. You know what the pelican is And there's a do. reindeer pulling people on a sled, a la Santa Claus. Wait, so they're saying that we're going to go back to the Flintstones look at the kangaroo waiter it's oh my can- god it's a kangaroo waiter it's literally a kangaroo holding a plate of food what, wait is anything in its pouch yeah silverware oh that's an excellent place your for new year's day dinner in 2056 cooked by robots could be served by friendly intelligent animals bred and trained as household helpers so they thought we would domesticate and train and breed these kind of animals no, they thought to we be... would uplift them like planet of the apes too yeah, so it, they could... it does look that way oh my god there would be monkey chauffeurs these pictures are, are absolutely wonderful I, they they only get better and better yeah, so what would uh, what function do you think giraffes would serve? Ah, getting cats out of trees. <laughs> Who needs jetpacks even more now? I hate how many callbacks you do to your own bad jokes. Uh, and then an, a funny prediction about how the Beatles would be terrible. I'm not... We'll skip that one because the Beatles are terrible. The Beatles aren't terrible. I know, but I like saying that because it really upsets people and I don't really care either way. Did you see I'm a Rolling Stones guy, bro. Is it really either or? Here are the predictions of Apple from major publications. This is the last one on the list and it's a good one. The Economist, 95. Apple seems to have two options. The first is to break itself up, selling the hardware side. The second is to sell the company outright. Before I continue, if you remember, this is when the uh, antitrust issues were happening with Apple, where they basically said, you can't sell the hardware and the software for it. You're creating a monopoly. You're destroying the industry, blah, 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 blah. And Apple took a huge hit from this. They really did. Continuing, the New York Times said, Apple, as we know it, is cooked. It's so classic. It's so sad. It's gone. Business Week said Apple went from hip to has been in just 19 years, which looking now is an eternity in tech world 19 years i mean the the zune was a viable option 19 years ago fortune magazine by said by the time
time you read this story, the Kirky Colt Company will end its wild ride as an independent enterprise. Microsoft CTO Nathan Mirvoid said Apple is already dead. Shots fired by Microsoft. Holy crap. This was in 1997. Wired said, admit it, you're out of the hardware game, Apple. And lastly, the Dell CEO said, what would I do? I'd shut it down and give the money back to the shareholders. Oh my God. So Apple was not a popular product in 97 and everyone spoke of its demise. And as we know, Apple went out of business in 1997 and and, and I didn't just read that list on an iPhone. Uh, Wow. It's amazing how people can be so wrong. Then again, I guess if they had been prevented from, you know, making software and hardware, eventually they, that, that could have happened. So that was a fun little look at to how everybody gets these things wrong. So as Austin and I try to predict the future each week and we try to see how the law is going to meet that future. Please forgive us. We're only human. Yeah, we're we're less stupid than most of that list. Or are we? Well, uh, not everything you what was, uh, I meant the only human thing, not the stupid thing. Okay. <laughs> you know, cuz I'm a cyborg. And the new feature we're going to be doing each week is the Steam A through Z challenge. Just to recap very quickly, Austin and I have a lot of games. We got suckered into a lot of Steam in summer and winter sales. If the game's a dollar and it's eyebrow raising, I'm going to buy it. And sometimes even if it's 30 and reviewed well and I needed it, I bought it and now I've never played it. So oh, that game's so cool and it just came out recently and it's on sale. I'm going to buy it. And then I never played it because I just kept playing the same games I was playing. Right. So we're going through our library A through Z alphabetically and we're going to be trying each game until quote unquote we know it you don't have to beat it you don't have to invest x amount of hours it's just about getting a real sense of the game so you can say you tried it you play it and you get what it's about before we decide if it's good or bad and tell you this week austin what game are you want to talk about oh man this is actually exciting i got to play age of empires 2 hd edition i was so excited when this came out I actually bought it, and then I never really played it, because that's what I do. Well, sure, but so it's Age of Empires, which was great. I used to play that a lot. I was actually much more a StarCraft kid, uh, and Warcraft, and all of that genre. I've always been a Blizzard fanboy. That said, the HD edition, did it do anything besides just trigger a nostalgia factor, and did it it live up? it, it, It did live up, because it was exactly what I expected. It was Age of Empires 2, which is the game that basically taught me history. Besides uh, the show Hysteria, uh, there was a cartoon when I was a kid. I learned so much history just playing through the campaigns of Age of Empires 2, because it's not just playing through the game. In between, like, it's a setup for every level. They they basically give you, like, a history textbook page. So I wasn't that familiar with it. Is it, it's not like Civilization where Gandhi fights Napoleon? No, it's a real-time strategy game. Well, I know that. <laughs> I mean, the actual facts of history in it. I don't... No, you, you, you play play through historical events i mean there are obviously some um liberties that are taken of course yeah but no you but it's not europa level so europa universalis you can actually learn the entire map of 1543 europe from that's actually i I impressed uh one of my history teachers by being able to draw out uh central europe yeah in in that age i'm like i only know it from this year but (laughs) this is what it looks like because i know this is how i have to start and this is who i have to attack and then i know burgundy goes ham uh no so all right so age of empire 2 the HD remake should would people download that now? Would you rate it a yeah or an eh? I would rate it a yeah, but <laughs> uh, again, really only play it if you want to live through some history. So if I so I did not really play it growing up, very minimally. I remember there was elephants. Would I enjoy it or is it? I just think past that the you, point? well, you like history. I, I think do. you would enjoy it. But you know, people that are more into science fiction and are just looking at like a five dollar strategy game, I wouldn't say it's worth buying. They do have the multiplayer servers working, or at least when I last tried. When I when I played, the multiplayer servers were working, and that was a big 
part of the fun but there's also just so many strategy games now that right. it might just be too slow and too spammy like you would make like two or three units and that was it so it sounds like i won't be buying it and i'll see you on stellaris. no buy it for the campaign now nah, see you on stellaris so that'll do it everybody once again i'm ryan morrison and i'm austin hoffman you can follow me on twitter at mr ryan morrison you can follow me on twitter at robot austin and the show is robot underscore congress rate and follow us on itunes good night That was a HeadGum Podcast.